The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Hi everybody, this is Dr. Ray. You are listening to a least worst of The Doctor is In. We have no best of, but this is truly one of our least worst. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice, and it doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. The question is not, is that the, is that the answer you wanted, question is, is that the answer that is helpful? I don't want certain medical interventions at all. However, if they are curative or even ameliorative, I've been waiting to use that word, then I welcome them even though I don't want them. Can you, can you do that? Can you welcome something even though you don't want it? Our Lord says you can. He says people say nasty things about you because of me. Welcome it. Well, wait a minute. Those are nasty things. How can you welcome nasty things? I'm going to have to do a manologue on that sometime. I truly am. This is Dr. Ray. Thank you so very, very much for joining me. The program here, as always, is The Doctor Is In. The number to get on to the program is 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL. If you would like to ask a question about something in your life, if you would like to make a comment or a helpful suggestion to someone who is called and you feel like you can, well, not feel, you think like you can give them something that I missed. That's right. I missed. That's fair. I welcome that. And also, because I'm mean, going to miss a lot in a four minute radio call, you know that, don't you? And then also, if you have a, a generic question, you know, Dr. Ray, I've. You know, I've gone to sleep many times with the question of what is pseudosciesis on my mind. And I've looked it up, but I don't know how to spell it. You know, big questions like that. Things that torment your soul. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get on to the program. I had an opening monologue I was going to do about feelings, well, being neither good nor bad, but I'll, I'll save that for a future show because I don't buy that for a minute. But I want to offer some thanks first. Covenant Radio Network had me in on Friday, Adam Wright, Tony, Teresa, it's wonderful people, wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, then I went over to the... Marion Conference there in St. Louis for a couple of days. Again, just very, very nice, and I want to thank them for allowing me to be part of it. And Tony Holman and Teresa Holman, they both they both were so hospitable, as well as Ramona Rosales 
and Rolanda, her husband, and many of the others there. Good Lord permitting, uh, tomorrow I will be in Nashua, New Hampshire, at the Pine Boys, P- P- Pine Boys, Gray Raymond, Pine Home for Boys, Pine Boys Program, getting this all mixed up. Marissa's going to kill me for this if she's listening, which the good thing is she's probably not listening. Be there at a banquet. If you want information on that, go to my website, drray.com. It's listed. The contact number for the banquet is listed. Anything else? No. Uh, oh, okay. There's something there on a call. I don't don't leave me, caller. Want to deal with you? All right. Let me get the manalog that I was not going to do, but I am now going to do. A parent will be sitting in my office, particularly with a teenager, a surly, edgy teenager. The parent will be describing a scenario, a situation, something that happened recently. The child will interrupt. Oh, yeah, right, Mom. Tell it your way, Mom. Mom will pause for a moment, give the child a quick look, and then move ahead with more details at some point uh, probably maybe six or seven seconds later the child will again (laughs) um okay ma okay mom just you you just you just say what you want to say it doesn't really matter now this goes on i'm sitting there chomping hard on my tongue this is not my child At the end of the descriptive scenario, I will have one question. Because, see, that's what shrinks do. We don't ask questions necessarily about details. We ask questions about process. So I will ask the parent, are you aware of how your daughter is talking to you? Usually the look is one of befuddlement, like, when? Where? What way of talking to me? And then it hits them. See, I mix up my nominative and subjective pronouns. Parent is singular, them is plural pronoun. It hits her, it hits him. That in fact, the child is being extremely disrespectful, but the parent's not really attuned to it. I have a name for it. I call it the battered parent syndrome. The parent has been talked to in that way for so long and so frequently that they don't hear it anymore. This is just a manner of speaking. That's all. Child is expressing herself. This corrodes relationships. It truly does. Even if you're not 100% aware of it. I remember as a father, when any of my children got edgy in their tone, it was like something shot up my spine. 
they talked to their mother that way. And most of them didn't because the consequences were very heavy. Disrespect was something we just didn't allow. Disrespect says, in so many ways, this relationship uh, is allowed to be disdainful. I can talk to you and treat you with dismissiveness. What? You know, in the Old Testament, there's a verse that talks about what do you do with kids who remonstrate with their parents in public. You stone them. Now, obviously, that's something that um, has to be understood in the context, and I would expect that it was not taken literally for <laughs> most of the time in the vast majority of parents. However, they're making a hyperbolic point. You don't do this. It's easy to do, and I would say probably that the majority of parents who are talked to this way have become accustomed to it. I've grown accustomed to her voice. Yeah. It's easy to become habituated to tone, to looks, to, yeah, right, Dad. That's really disrespectful. What are you going to do about it? See, that's the question I have for you parents. What are you going to do about it? Now, most parents will tell me when I ask them that question, they'll say, oh, she knows. She knows we don't tolerate. We don't tolerate that kind of talk. What do you do about it? Well, we make it very clear that is not going to be permitted. What do you do about it? She knows. She knows. We've warned her. We've told her. What do you do about it? After about the fifth, what do you do about it? They realize what I'm asking. And they realize that for the most part, they'll do something about it if and when it registers high enough on their disrespect Richter scale for them to have heard enough. But for the most part, that kind of disrespect really, really can make a relationship edgy, ugly, unpleasant. Dr. Ray, children need to express themselves. Of course they do. But since when is expressing yourself nastiness? It's not expressing yourself as nastiness. I guarantee you. You folks call this program. You ask a question. And you hear me say, <laughs> yeah, right. Now, I have said that, but teasingly. But if it was clear that my tone was dismissive or disdainful or disrespectful, you'd never call again. And as a matter of fact, I would suspect that a bulk of people who pondered calling again would never call. What's this dude? I tease. But I will not be disrespectful. I don't remember really being all that disrespectful as a kid. My mom and dad were Italian. You didn't do it. And if I did it, I better mumble it under my breath outside, maybe three acres away. And my mom would still hear it. I heard that, Raymond. Get in here. Don't tell dad. Don't tell dad. Don't tell dad. Battered parent syndrome. It's easy to get pulled into it. Don't pay attention. I'm Dr. A. We'll get to your calls, and there's a lot of them up there.
You're listening to the least worst of The Doctor Is In with Dr. Ray Garendi, so please, no calls at this time. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. I went to Las Vegas years and years ago for one of these cable shows, and, and I was uh, shocked to see all these old ladies in their 70s and 80s getting off that plane, running for a slot machine. You don't have a chance to win. They're all fixed. I know, my uncle used to have slot machines. <laughs> EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Ray. You are listening to a least worst of the doctor is in. We have no best of, but this is truly one of our least worst. These kids today don't know how easy they have it. When I was a kid, I had to walk over eight feet of shag carpet just to change the channel. I was my dad's remote. Raymond, turn it up. Raymond, see what's on channel five. Raymond, turn it down. I was the remote. Okay, a lot of calls. I ask you for your patience. Anonymous female. She's 24. She's an MD. No, no, she's calling from Maryland. All right. She's in an internship. I don't know what kind of internship I'm going to ask right now in D.C. Hi, Anonymous. Hello. You can't be anonymous because that's well, that's male. You would have to be anonyma. Now, what kind of internship is this? I am a post-baccalaureate research intern at the National Institutes of Health. Whoa! That's pretty impressive sounding. Yikes. Post-doc, which means... Oh, post, oh I'm sorry, post-back. Okay, post-back. But you're heading towards your doc, right? Yes, I actually applied and got accepted into graduate school, so I'm very excited to start that. Congratulations. <laughs> Seeing as how you're listening to Catholic Radio, one thing, don't lose your faith as you head that way. Um, okay, you got a chance to go to New York for, for what, business, yes. pleasure, what? Um, some friends of mine 
they're like, oh, like before you leave, um, to you know, I'm going to be going to the University of Cincinnati. You know, before you leave this area, um, you should come visit with us. You know, see the sites you've never been. And so I would, as much as I would absolutely love to go, I don't want to like hurt my relationship with my parents because they really don't like New York City. They see it as like a really dangerous place. <laughs> and so I'm kind of afraid to tell them that I want to go or do I just not tell them? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Here's the question. You said hurt your relationship with your parents. Are you saying that if you tell your parents, mom, I'm 24 years old, I'm independent, I'm making a career and I want to go to New York, they they would turn cold toward you, distant? I don't think they'd be happy to hear that I want to go to New York City. Well, that's different. I mean, they could not be happy. My parents were not happy. I did a lot of things. Remember when I called my mother and I told her I was dropping out of engineering? She probably wasn't happy. But are you saying that you would not go because you're afraid of your parents' reaction? Yes. Oh. Well, m most would say you're 24 years old. You're an independent adult. You have to make decisions. And some of these decisions would not be agreeable to other adults, your parents included. Um... Here's the question. What if you meet a guy that you really have a lot of confidence and faith in and your parents don't like him? Good question. <sighs> Would you uh, say, I'm sorry I can't marry you because my parents don't approve? I guess it wouldn't be the right thing to do to make your decisions on life on pleasing your parents then. Well, you answered your question, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, New York City is perhaps not the New York City it was 10, 15 years ago, but statistically speaking, you're still quite safe, especially if you're with a group, and especially if you know where to go and how to go, and you don't roam certain areas at 1 o'clock in the morning by yourself. All right, that could be said about pretty much any major city in the U.S. now. So, <clears throat> given that, I'm just curious about one thing. Why are your parents not nervous about you being in Washington, D.C. by yourself? They're definitely nervous about that. But they didn't. They're very happy that I'll be leaving the area soon. <laughs> okay. Well, they're happy about that, but that doesn't mean. I mean, they can have their opinion on what you do, that's understandable. Um, but you have to decide when you make a decision as an adult, how much influence to give your parents regarding that decision. I can't tell you that, but you can. And if you're really saying to me, I want to do this, but I don't want them to be upset. I don't think those two go together. You go to New York, they're going to be upset. The question is how much, and the question is, is that reason not to go? Only you can answer that. All right, my dear. Thank, oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Thank, thank, <laughs> thank you, you very. 
Thank you for the call. Good luck to you. All right, let's go on here, see where we're going. Um, Terry from Houston. Hi, Terry. Hello, Dr. Ray. How are you today? Okie doke. You got a long-distance relationship. How long? Six months. How far away? Philippines. That's pretty far. Uh, yeah, 8,000 miles, I think, just about there, yeah. That's, uh, uh, that's, that's about, that's almost... As far as you can go, twelve thousand yeah, maybe yeah, would be pretty, as far yeah, as yeah, pretty go. much. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I wanted to comment before I start mine on that last lady's call. I say go for it. You only live your life once, so you know. I live in I live in Houston, and you know, what can what can I say about that? You know. <laughs> yeah, certain places York. in Houston you don't want to go to either. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been to Washington D.C. Not impressed. So. Yeah, Here's go, the go question. But, Here's the question, Terry. So this eight thousand miles away young lady. Yes. You obviously connected with her, and the most likely thing is over the internet. Correct. That's correct on a on a Catholic dating website. Uh, okay. So it's safe to say you really don't know anything about her, other than what she's told you. Exactly, and what we what we've talked about in video chats and all that's, that kind of stuff. That you yeah, know, that's like mean, say, meaningless. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying she's not telling you the truth. I'm saying you can't right. know. Right. Exactly. Anybody can say anything. Anybody can tell you anything. Anybody can yeah, give you any yeah. history. So, what makes you think this is worth pursuing? Uh, I guess just feelings. I mean, I guess just you know feelings in my heart. You know, she's a beautiful lady. Feelings in my heart that. You know, maybe, maybe it's not worth pursuing. I, I don't know. I mean, Feelings I, based upon what? Well, based on based on our our um, conversations we've had about religion and Catholicism and uh, family. You know, attachment to family. Um, Have you spent any personal time with her? That's on. That was on the agenda. Um, I was supposed to go in October. She'd invited me to go to a wedding over there, and I was, I was, you know, I was all gung ho about going. So then, so then comes the part where she all of a sudden decided she was going to. Um, I don't know. She told me at the very beginning of the conversation, I don't like liars. I don't like cheaters. You know, she'd been married before. Her husband cheated on her, and she says, I don't like liars. I don't like people who are dishonest, and so on and so forth. So I, you know, so I told her everything. You know about me, except one thing that was very shameful, and I'm not even going to go into it on the radio program. But you know, I didn't tell her anything about that because I didn't want to hurt her. I didn't want her to, you know, didn't want her to um, look down at me. So anyway, she then comes back five months later and she says, "You lied. You were dishonest. You cheated because you didn't tell me this." I'm like, "No, I didn't." I just didn't tell you. That's not lying. How That's did she t- find out? She went on the internet and found out. I mean, and I told her too. I said that's a pretty much a breach of trust. You don't trust me anyway. I think she's giving you indications that this might not be something to pursue. Okay. Did she basically dump you in terms of don't come to the wedding? No, she hasn't said. She said it's up to me if I want to come. If I want to come over there, it's mm-hmm. up to me. It's like it's not up, up to, to me. you. It went from it went from I want you to come from it's up to you to it's yeah. up to you. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
you can't know what she's like until you see her personally across a range of situations over time. Right, exactly. I understand that. That's why I wanted to. That's why I wanted to go. I would. I would. I would go over there, and you know, see how she reacts in everyday life to different things. You know. Are you going to stay there for seven months? Uh, I don't know if I'd stay there for. I'd stay there for a couple. My my plan was actually to go for like two months, and then you know, and then uh, come back home and do whatever, and then maybe you know, go back periodically, back and forth. I don't want to. I don't want to bring her over to America. This place is a mess. So that's like, nah. I much prefer the culture over there. <clears throat> Terry, I'm going to let you go. But if you listen, I'm going to make a few more comments after the break on this. 877-573-7825. 877-57-EQUAL. That's the number to call. I'm going to try to get everybody up there. Sixty on ten with Monsignor Charles Pope. The fifth commandment: You shall not kill. At the heart of this commandment is an absolute insistence on the sacredness of human life. We read in Jeremiah chapter one and verse five: Before I ever formed you in the womb, I knew you, says the Lord. So every human life is sacred because it's caught up in the mind and the heart and the will and the love of God. And no matter how we're conceived or any circumstances, God has always known and loved every human person. And for this reason, we are to hold sacred every human life. We are, therefore, to never murder, never kill, never seek vengeance. Of course, we have issues of abortion and euthanasia today, and we have so many ways where we, in some way, disrespect the lives of other human persons and even our own life. We have to learn to respect it as a great gift from God. The fifth commandment: You shall not kill. For more about the Ten Commandments, visit EWTNRC.com. Connection with Teresa Tomio. Parents in a town just 45 minutes outside of Dublin have banned together to enforce a smartphone ban for their children in elementary school. It was just the striking results of the rising anxiety, depression, and everything we noticed of having a mobile phone, especially among young children. And according to this article, the results have been extremely positive in terms of less anxiety among the children. Closer bonds being formed with the families, more time spent together outside with kids playing and actually reading. I mean, this is such common sense. All too often, I think it's it's hard for parents and grandparents to resist, right? Well, mom and dad, everybody has one. It's really incredible the simple effort of parents coming together and saying, you know what, we need to do something. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio, weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. You're listening to the least worst of The Doctor Is In with Dr. Ray Garendi. So please, no calls at this time. I promised our caller, previous caller, that I would have a couple more comments. One of the things about these long-distance get-to-know-you-through-the-internet relationships is you cannot see a person in their lives as they treat others, as they live, with their emotional stability, whatever it is, on 
a weekend visit for three days, going there seven times, and then getting married. It's not going to happen. And our caller said he's going to go there for a couple months. I'll say even a couple months isn't enough. I had a friend of me, a friend of mine once say, way, way, way back after he'd been burned and relationship, he said, you know, anybody can be anybody for a year. Nah, that's a rule of thumb. It's a gross generalization. But I think there's truth to it. Anybody can be anybody for a year. They can read the signals of what you want. It is, to say the least, risky to pursue a relationship like this, to put the time and effort into it. Not, not to mention that it suspends other relationships. It suspends other chances to meet people. Be very, very difficult to get to know someone 8,000 miles away with any kind of depth. That's just very, very difficult. Now, she's already upset at him. She's already said, you didn't tell me some private aspect of your life that you owed me. Think about this a second. He doesn't know this woman. He's talked to her over the internet and she's making demands already that you didn't tell me and she's searching him. I really don't like the smell of that. Getting upset because you didn't tell me what I think I had a right to know about your history. And by the way, I didn't say this to the gentleman, but he's he's probably still listening. She's already been, she's been married. So if his... Catholic faith is important to him. How is he going to handle this? Is she still married and only has a civil divorce? Was there a declaration of nullity, which I suspect there probably wasn't because a lot of foreign countries don't pursue him like the U.S. does. Those are all questions that have to be answered there. All righty, all righty, all righty. Drew from Boston, Mass., as a 21-year-old son in college. Hi, Drew. Hi, Dr. A. You? Yes, sir. Hello? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, I have a... Uh, he's, he's 21 now, and he's in his third year of college. And um, he, he, uh, my, we're divorced, and probably over about 13 years now. And also the... You know, I used to go over there every Sunday, and we do something to father and son together. But I, that might have been my mistake that I always had my, you know, my ex-wife come with us and make it more like a family. And it uh, all through the years, it um, it became that way. You know, every Sunday go over, we do something together, which is good and stuff. But uh, I think maybe over the years we never had father and son together, which is you know. I don't have to tell you, it's very important, too. But uh, now I said, you know, he, once he got his license and then he got a little more independent and then he he went off to college, he's doing good in college and he's working 40 hours a week also. And he doesn't have much time, but he never has any time for dad. And uh, he just makes up excuses after excuses. This is going on for over three years, you know, like Father's Days, Mother's Days, Christmas, holidays. Do you have time for his mother? Uh, she lives with the mother. She lives with the mother. Um, but that's what I'm kind of asking you. He, he's very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, very quiet, um, 
that he, you know, he just doesn't like crowds, it seems like. Um, his mother and I, we, stay, we still get you know, very friendly together, um, and we talk a lot. And well, she I, obviously I mean, isn't encouraging him to spend a little time with Dad, is she? she no, she, she'll ask, to, she'll, you know, say, you know, goes, uh, the other thing right now, Dr. A, too, is that I, I just had, uh, I just had open-heart surgery myself. And I've been one of those guys that uh, ever since I was 14 years old, you know, I never went to college, but I worked, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 hour weeks every week. And then all of a sudden the, the switch goes off and you're done. Well, Drew, let so, me see uh, if I understand this. He commutes to college. He lives with his mother. Yes. She, she here and there tries to persuade him, spend a little time with your dad, even if it's just meeting him for breakfast. He refuses, and she doesn't push it any further. So yeah, but, yeah. The, imp the implication is something is going on with him that he has more or less decided, eh, pop's not all that important a part of my life anyway. Uh, a couple things strike me. One, you were always the one reaching out. You went there on Sundays with your with his mother, and you reached out. During that time, how often did he reach out? So that's one. This could just simply be the continuation of his standard style. Two, he's in college, and he views it as your low priority. He's got school. He's got friends. He's got work. He's got a car. He's got a phone. He's got all kinds of stuff. So, for the most part, you're going to probably have to take the initiative to say, uh, I'm coming, we're going to go to breakfast Saturday at 9 o'clock. I can't go, Dad. I work Friday night until midnight. I'm exhausted. Okay, what time do you get up? I don't know. I don't know what time I'm going to get up. All right, well, I'll tell you what. You'll probably be up by 1. Let's, uh, we're going to lunch. I'll be over at 1. Now, that's probably as definitive as you're going to have to get, Drew, because it sounds to me like he's more or less decided. He doesn't have time for you. But here's one other question. Are you paying for any of that college? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I figured you'd say that. So you got a kid who basically says, hey, Dad, give me your money. But that's enough. I don't need to see you. You know, he's, he's, he's you know, get ready for this. He's a great kid. I knew you were going to say that. Never, I never get into trouble. Never yeah. did anything like that. Not on drugs. Not on drugs. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. More yeah. high bar. Not on drugs. Yeah. It's he just, basically it's, it's, shut it's, his dad uh, out of his life, Drew. Let me ask you this question, Dr. Ray. Is there some kind of phobia or some kind of... That a, your child, a, 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 a kid, he just doesn't want to get... I don't know what I'm, I'm trying to you know, say. He hasn't shut his, he doesn't shut his mother out of his life. Hasn't shut his mother out of his life. He's living his life. A phobia is a very circumscribed fear. It has nothing to do with anything. It just sounds to me like he's doing what an awful lot of kids do when they go to college, which is, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do stuff with my parents if I have to. But he doesn't have to because you really don't push it. You you ask, mm -hmm. but then when he says no, you just back off. Well, this is the only one. You know what I'll do? He works for Whole Foods. So you know, I never get time to see him. So I'll drive the whole fool to go in and see him at work, and then he gets really upset. Now, see, that tells you a lot. You got to find out what's going on, Drew. There's, there's. I think there's more than just the old "I'm busy, Dad." I'm wondering what's happening underneath the scenes. 
Might want to talk to his mother and find out exactly how she sees this. I'm Dr. Ray. The best way for the church to respond to this new woke religion is to actually begin to see it as religious. What they're offering is a new sense of believing, a new sense of belonging, and a new sense of behaving. They have new commandments uh, regarding tolerance and inclusivism and multiculturalism and egalitarianism. And what's remarkable about this is that the woke people seem to think that the Christian faith is a barrier. Look, Christianity has always taught that the gospel was a universal message. Christ died for all. All human beings are created in the image and likeness of God. And we all have solidarity in the fact that we sin. And yet the church gets no credit for its great cultural achievements. Look, the church has already welcomed every nation, family, and tribe. We are the first universal people. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Who is the Creator's masterpiece? The Catholic Catechism says that God's masterwork of the mission of the Son and the Spirit is the all-holy, ever-Virgin Mary. She, for the first time, was the dwelling where the Father could place His Son and His Spirit to live among men. The Church, says the Catechism, has often read the most beautiful texts on wisdom as relating to Mary. She is acclaimed in liturgy as the seat of wisdom. The Holy Spirit prepared Mary for her great task by filling her with grace, and by sheer grace she was conceived without sin. It was appropriate that she, in whom the eternal Son would dwell, would herself be without any stain of original sin. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Please visit us at our website, www.maltausa.org. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Ray. You are listening to a least worst of the doctor is in. We have no best of. But this is truly one of our least worst. I just did a week's worth of cardio. Walked into a spider web. Thank you for joining me. Dr. Ray Garendi here. The program is Dr. Zin. Let's, uh, let's get some more of your calls. And from Indiana has a daughter who's twice at least minimally been hospitalized for suicidal ideation. Hi, Ann. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Dr. Ray? How old's your daughter? She is 19. She just finished her freshman year of college. These uh, this suicidal thoughts, do you know what they're based upon? Not exactly. She won't really open up and share that information with me. Um, I do know, um, I asked her one time if she thought that uh, someone shared an article with me on like uh, rejection dysphoria syndrome. And she said that that kind of felt a lot of like what she was going through. Um, but mostly she, um, 
I says that she once told me she's different from the rest of the people in our family, and she won't tell me what's really going on because she's afraid I'm not going to accept her anymore. What do you think it is? Sexual confusion? Gender confusion? Yes. That's my guess. That's my guess from what I've pieced together from conversations. And she went to a Catholic high school, a very good, solid Catholic high school. And I know she had a lot of issues with a theology teacher, and she would wind up leaving the room and crying, and all she would tell me was that people were mean. So she doesn't buy the Catholic Church's teaching on a number of things. Correct. She came home and announced to me with very rehearsed language that she would not be going to Mass with our family anymore. Mm. Well, if she is struggling with same-sex attraction, and she wants to, in fact, follow through with it and behave as she wants, but she knows, or she, or she can't predict what your and other people's reactions might be to it, she's trying to keep a foot in both places. I think, Anne, maybe your best move is to ask her straight up. Given all your discontent and all your unhappiness and all the fact that you're not telling me some things that you think would make me disown you, which I never, ever would, is it because you're struggling with same-sex attraction? And if she says yes, you can say, okay, how long? Um, how much social media influence? Now, you're not going to answer this. Well, you could answer this. When did she first get her smartphone? Well, she got a smartphone when she graduated eighth grade. Thirteen. she was not allowed to have social media until she was a junior in high school. Okay, that's pretty, that's pretty good delay. That's nice because social media is enormously confusing for people already confused. And she said something yeah, to wow. you about that article. She said, I read that article and that article was me. Do you know Actually, how? I sent it to her. I sent it to her and I said, is this how you feel? And she said, yes, that does describe a lot of what I feel. Well, you're talking to a psychologist, and those articles are very, they are squishy enough in their talk of feelings, in their talk of personality traits, in their talk of circumstances, that a lot of people can say, that's me. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I see me in that. Oh, I've wrestled with that. That happens all the time. That's very common. So maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. We can't know. But what sounds like everything you're saying, including the old I want no part of the Catholic Church, which is very common in someone who says, I have these attractions, therefore the church hates me, which I'm thinking she may think this, and you need to at least straighten out her thinking on that, which is the church's teaching is having same-sex attraction is not a sin depends on what you do with it just like if she were opposite sex attractions at age 19 and she was having relations with her boyfriend outside of marriage same thing at least in that sense so yeah i think you're going to do some exploring here Anne, because it's going to come out anyway typically what i see in these situations is that by a year or two more they just the kids just go okay that's it i'm telling you but i would be curious as to how she came to this thinking. Um, 
everybody tends to think that, in fact, it's automatic that this same-sex attraction was there since she was six. And indeed, we're realizing that it's a, it's a much more complex journey in a lot of ways. Uh, maybe she had a friend. Maybe she met a friend and she had some kind of erotic attraction to this friend. Um, who knows? Who knows? But I think as you ask her about what it is that's so tormenting her, you can also explore a little bit about how it got to that point. Okay. All right. God bless you. Thank you so much. (laughs) You too. Good luck to you, dear. Thank you. Okay. Oh, gosh. Good call still up there. And the rule is, if you're ever on the line at the end of the program, you call back any time in the future, all the way to Armageddon. And just because I can't spell Armageddon doesn't mean it's the end of the world. You ever notice that when you talk like a teenager, you have to have inflections. I didn't go there. Kind of walk up and down. It's kind of like your your words. And it's nice to have a lot of multisyllabic words because then you can you can rise and fall in your emotions. Why are you always telling me about communication? I'm Dr. Ray. This Ave Maria radio program is brought to you in part by Fathom Events. The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, is in theaters for one night only, Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Information at FathomEvents.com. That's FathomEvents.com. Is social media leading to more young women getting cosmetic surgery? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Our daughter and family just welcomed a new baby girl into the world. The boys in our family are now outnumbered for sure. I've witnessed how some of our girls often struggle with self-image and body issues. These issues are now being enhanced by social media. First Peter teaches us that it is not outward beauty that is important, but it should be that of our inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Studies indicate that young women are going under the knife for more cosmetic procedures in direct response to social media. Encourage the women in your life to practice self-compassion. Build them up. Help them find ways to be content in their own skin. True self-esteem is having confidence that I am who God says I am. For more on this, head over to our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Started drinking beer on Saturday nights. Uh, sleeping in on Sunday mornings, missing mass, and it just became a pattern and continued. Without God, I don't know where I'd be right now. I know the importance of the Eucharist. I know the importance of the sacraments that I didn't know at a young age. I follow God's will because my desire is to get to heaven. Our, Our lives are rich and full by being members of the church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. You're listening to the least worst of The Doctor Is In with Dr. Ray Garendi. So please, no calls at this time. One of the things that uh, unsettles me the most about doing this show is I feel bad because people wait patiently online, sometimes for the whole show. But every so often, a call comes in that is a piggyback on a previous call that is from a perspective that we don't get very often. And this one from Lisa in Virginia, because the gentleman called who was seeing someone via the Internet, hadn't really seen them in person yet, 8,000 miles away in the Philippines. 
So Lisa says, well, I'll let Lisa say. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Dr. Ray. I'm a long-time listener. I never thought I'll find myself talking to you. Well, thank you. I never thought I'd find myself talking to you either, you know. I really don't carry on these relationships with, you know, people from 8,000 miles away, buddy. All right. Yeah, well, I'm here, I'm here in the U.S., but I'm from the Philippines originally. I've been here a long time, almost 30 years. But anyway, I, I just want to make a comment to the person. Uh, I've seen so many um, uh, stories from, like, the foreigner go to the Philippines or meet someone in the Internet and this foreign relationship. And I think he has so many warning that he needs to get to know first better um this lady and um you know it they they uh known only for a few months and she was saying that you know i don't like cheater i don't like it liar um but obviously she's married before that's that's a um that's a signal yeah, she told him that she uh, divorced her husband because he had an adulterous relationship. Who knows? That's what she yeah, said. Yeah. But who knows? Of course. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would warn him. I mean, my husband is American, but we meet overseas. Um, but, you know, I have some friends or some stories that, you know, it's like similar situation. It's risky. So I would warn him to get to know her first. And that's going to be hard to do, because yeah, unless he's willing to pick up and go live there, that's going to be very hard to do. Yeah, yeah, he will be surprised. I would say he will be so surprised. I think he, I would say he'll wait, wait uh, probably a year before he make a decision like that. Um, so. And even at that, Lisa, even if he waits a year. What will have transpired in that year? How many times did yeah. he visit? What circumstances did he see her in? Uh, those those are all things. If you're going to get to know someone and believe that this is a commitment for life, yeah. longer yeah. is better. <laughs> the longer is better, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, not to just, you know... Um, I mean, it's hard to have a long-distance relationship. Um, I dated a girl in Columbus when I was in college, and that was hard enough to keep up. Yeah, I was... uh, She's a lot older now, so, you know, she isn't 21 anymore. Thank you, Lisa. (laughs) I I appreciate your input and your experience on these things. Thank you so much for the call. Ruth has a son who says, oh, mom, I just can't do it. I'm just a failure. Oh, I'm awful. Is that true? Does he go that far, Ruth? Yes, he does. Oh. So how how yeah, does this manifest has- itself? He, he comes home from his advanced classes, and he got a B minus. What, what's he do? Does he just bemoan it, or does he retreat for two days? So he actually does this at school. And uh, he'll turn around if he gets anything less than an A. Wow. He gets upset, and he will sit there and get. He'll work himself up to the point that uh, he'll actually.
actually tried choking himself. He's used his shirt. He's used a bone cord. Uh, he's actually punched himself in the head several times. And we all keep telling him, you know, you're very smart. Uh, what does you know, the teacher do? Him. What does the teacher do when he does this? They normally send him to the counselor who calls him crisis, and then they try to calm him down. And if they can't calm him down, they call me. Mm. And when he comes home, uh, do you see minimal signs of this upset? We have seen uh, it happen once uh, because he ended up trying to uh, do something and did not accomplish it on the first time and was upset that um, he didn't do it. He felt that he needed to do it on the first time, and if he couldn't, that that meant he was a failure. Is this all school-related, or is this a kid who just gets frustrated a lot and easily? I think he gets frustrated a lot um, and very easily with him. Um, he's always been advanced. He's always placing two to three grades higher than the grade he's at. Uh, we talked about actually jumping him grades, but in order to do that, we're putting him with kids that are two to three years older than him, and we did not want to do this. Um, but we've been to psychiatrists, we've tried medication, and we're just kind of to the point, like, what do we do now? How do we keep him from doing this? But at the same time, explaining to him, as you get older, everything's going to get harder. Well, you're trying to reason with him, and he doesn't want to be reasoned with. Everybody's okay. tried to reason with him. The counselor's tried to reason with him. The psychiatrist right. tried to reason with him. Everybody's tried to reason with him, and he's, his attitude is, I'm just so frustrated when I get a B. Okay, so his thinking is kind of twisted in this. Okay. Uh, if it were me, I'd say, son, what do you want us to do about this? When you do this in class, you're shaking up a lot of your classmates. Do you want us to remove you from those advanced classes? No. Okay. Then you're going to have to control yourself no matter how frustrated you get. Clench your fists, but don't put on a display because the other kids are going to think okay. that's weird. Right. I would tell him, I said, look, we're, we're not going to allow you, th this is a habit he's gotten into. I get frustrated, so I put on a display. No, I'm not saying he's faking it. I'm just simply saying that's the pattern he's gotten himself into. I think at right. some point we've got to say, this, this, is not, this is not permissible. You can't do this in a public setting because these other kids are looking at you, one, like you're weird, and two... You're disrupting their class. So we may have to make a decision. And then at that point, you'll right. have to They're see what, how much he wants to stay in that class. Okay. I see this a lot. I mean, I've seen this a lot. I see this kind of, I'm so frustrated, I'm going to hurt myself kind of thing, you know, choking myself. And the interesting thing about choking yourself, I had a son do that once. Choke yourself. If you succeed, you pass out, and then you wake up some seconds later. But I really would want to get to the root of... How much is sustaining this through habit and attention? Thank you for joining me. This is Dr. Ray. Anytime, please visit me. Thanks, Andrew Kruchek. Thanks, Eric Dumont. And I thank all of you, dear folks. Walk with God. All. 
is it's your only eternal walk. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.